Podcraft. All right, we're live. Uh, welcome to Consuming the Craft with uh, This is Puff. Coming, uh, coming from the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast, housed here at AB Tech, I have a very special guest with me today. <laughs> and she can, you're already making me laugh. This is fun. Uh, she has a master's degree in public history. She is the uh, maestra of museums, the Kimberly Floyd. Hi, Kim. Hi. How are things? Um, they're good. So, <laughs> we were we had talked about a bunch of stuff before we actually started recording. So. Uh, we should have recorded earlier because it was super funny. So everyone can laugh now for all that stuff that we missed. But that being said, I had a question for you. Mm-hmm. With all of your infinite knowledge of museums, and you've been to museums all over the the world. Yeah. Yes, I, mean, I have. Literally all literally, over the world. Yeah. Because that's what you do. <laughs> yes. And, and you critique them and you say, how can I, just John Q. Public, just <laughs> just a man, be a better museum Goer. Hmm. So um, I don't know if I'm the, the best person to answer that because I find that museum professionals are actually the worst museum goers. <laughs> That's fair. Because we critique everything. If you see someone in a museum like tapping a panel, we're like, what's that made out of? How'd they hang that? So we can be pretty annoying. But um, I will say... Um, you know, working in multiple museums and historic sites over the past um, 11, 12 years now, uh, there have been some visitors that have that have stood out. You know, so I can <laughs> favorites. Do you have stories? <laughs> oh, I definitely have stories. <laughs> I really wish I had written a book from the beginning. Um, so you know, a few basics when coming into a museum is to um, it's always a good idea to look at the schedule before you come because pretty regularly people walk into a museum and say, you know, I see that you're closing in five minutes. I'm just gonna have a quick look around. Um, there is no <laughs> a quick look around at a museum. There, five minutes is not enough time to get anything. So um, not only are you making us stay late, but um, you're also just not appreciating any of the work that we've done up to that point. But that's cool. That, that's fair. Um, that's fair to say. <laughs> Another thing I would say is you know maybe like use the changing tables in the bathrooms. The baby changing Oh, tables. I was going to say, I don't normally change when I go to the museum, <laughs> but I the guess I should start tables. right now. You would be surprised how many diapers I have found um, on top of exhibit cases. Just like randomly strewn? Underneath. Yeah. Well, they're, they're like, you know, a little bit cleaned up, but kind of hidden. We're like, oh, what's that trash? Oh. Um, so, you know, that's always you that, found that's an a good artifact. One. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that artifact. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> So that's a big one. Um, probably the last thing is just, you know, don't don't touch things. Wait, what? You're not supposed to touch things in a museum? Um, the kids tend to do better with this than the adults. So my favorite is when school groups come and I ask the kids, you know, what's one of the rules you always hear at a museum? And they're like, don't touch anything. And I'm like, you guys are so good. So here's what your job is today while we go through the site. All the teachers and parents that are standing behind you, make sure that they don't touch things. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. Because the parents always touch things. No, yeah, well. <laughs> so. I, I 
I have firsthand knowledge of this. We we were at a booth for the North Carolina Craft Beverage Museum, which mm-hmm. we're going to talk about here in a second. And you all day could have sat with a baton and slapped hands <laughs> as they came in and tried to touch some of the amazing artifacts that you've already collected for the North Carolina Craft Beverage Museum. So yeah. now that I've said it mm-hmm. and it's out there right in the echelon of the world, what is the North Carolina Craft Beverage Museum? Um, So the North Carolina Craft Beverage Museum is a museum in planning, and it is a museum that is going to tell the story of North Carolina through the lens of craft beverages. So it'll tell the social, cultural, economic story of our state utilizing um, all all the craft beverages. So soda, um, Pepsi started here, Cheerwine started here, uh, wineries. North Carolina has actually a pretty extensive um, history of wine. A lot of people don't think about that. Um, North Carolina was the largest producer of wine in the 1800s in the entire country. Um, So there's a long history there. Um, Wow, that's grape. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And the hits keep on coming. And uh, beer and distilleries. um, So it'll tell... Um, all of those stories, but it, it will look more at, um, like I said, that social, cultural, and economic history impact on our state. So if people wanted to find out more about this North Carolina Craft Beverage Museum, where would they go? Well, we have a website. Um, it is the www.ncbevmuseum.com. <laughs> ncbevmuseum.com. Yeah. Uh, I've been to the website. It looks great. Um, but if you actually want to follow more of what we're doing on a daily basis, I would follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Because um, that's where I'm posting when we're setting up at events or um, as I am working on research for exhibits. Um I am putting content there and posting about different things happening across the state. So it's kind of our, that's more um, where, what is happening on a daily basis. Now, I know you've mm-hmm. collected some oral histories already mm-hmm. and you have some great, amazing stories. We can't get into all of those today, but do you have anything that sticks out in your head that you were really surprised and or shocked uh, to hear? Oh, <laughs> well, uh, we have had some, I've had some really good oral histories. Um, I've been working pretty closely with uh, UNC Greensboro's um, archives is doing a project called Well Crafted, and they are also um, working on oral histories and had reached out to me because we were working on oral histories and we kind of teamed up so that um, we weren't doubling up on work. And one that we did together recently in um, August of this year was uh, we interviewed Uli Benowitz with Weeping Radish. And Uli... Um, That's a big deal. They were the first yes. <laughs> brewery in North Carolina. Since Prohibition. Since Prohibition, yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Um, and Uli was integral in um, getting the laws changed so that people could start brewing and selling and um, kind of basically so that we have what we have today yeah. and are able to do what we do today. So um, it, w- it was just really fun to listen to him talk Um I, I can't even pick one thing that stands out because it's all amazing. He is a character and I can't <laughs> wait for somebody or for people to get to, to experience right. just that whole history of how not, he wasn't single handedly, but he was so instrumental in changing the mm. laws so that you and I can now throw a rock and hit a brewery. 
Exactly. Pretty much anywhere in Asheville. <laughs> he, um, so his oral history, um, the ones that we're working on, they do go live. People can pull up links through UNCG's website on the ones they've done. Um, the ones the museum's doing, we don't have kind of the same resources yet, but um, we will. So the public will have access to all of these oral histories. Um, and we will use them for exhibits as well. So you'll probably at some point down the road when the museum opens and you're walking through exhibit, be able to pick up, you know, a handheld uh, interactive device and <laughs> listen to uh, some of what Uli had to say. So definitely plan on using it. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for a little segment I like to call Blue Booze Cruise. Now, Bruce. No, booze clues. Booze clues. Yeah, booze clues. Like we just make it up, booze clues. Yeah, but we can't sing that because I'd owe somebody a lot of money. Oh, <laughs> so in front of you, <laughs> as a craft beverage museum potential director for the state of North Carolina. Oh, no. There is a cocktail in front of you. <laughs> oh, no. There is a drink. There is something in a glass. Okay. And so it is, it is purple. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, I picked it for you, like, specially. Just for me? Yeah. Oh. Uh, so go ahead and take a drink now. I know you've been anticipating this. I feel very anxious now. No, I, it's funny. <laughs> I think you'll find it quite palatable. It is. Uh, any idea what that is? It tastes like port. Spot on. Is it really? You nailed it. <laughs> and the reason I picked that port is because the name of the port company is the same name as your husband. <laughs> which I thought was also kind of apropos. So <laughs> nice. it is a, uh, a bottled vintage port from 2012. Mm. Uh, something, of course, I had in my stores just because uh, I do what I do here at the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast. And we are going to describe a little bit of the flavor. Certainly, it is uh, grape-based from, from Portugal. But uh, what do you taste in it? Oh. There's so it, it, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I'm like, oh, for, for um, me, it's I'm a exciting. museum professional. No, but so you, you, I, you know, you clearly have drank something before. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm calling you out on that. I've seen you do it um, just now. So that being said, uh, for me, it's it's that sensory analysis. It's ex exciting um, for me to hear stories about what people taste and smell and see, and it's developing that vocabulary when you start describing craft beverages in particular right uh because what will happen is you're going to taste it it's going to go up in one side of your brain it's going to register those tastes and then it has to come back down and go to the other side of your brain to start describing those things in vocabulary hmm. and so as we start deciphering things inside of this class i'm always curious because everyone's there's no wrong answers everyone tastes differently that's why there's so many foods and so many beers and so many you know ciders and beverages and we're lucky enough to be in this this time where we have all this choice. So what do you taste? Wow. You made that super safe. I like that. Um, <laughs> I tasted a safe place. <laughs> Just let it happen. Everyone tastes, tasted differently. I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I tasted chocolate. Yeah. That was initially what I thought about. And there's but I don't know if I actually tasted chocolate or just that every time I drink port, I'm usually eating chocolate. <laughs> well, no, that's funny because that's sensory recognition. Yeah. So oh. when you when you pair those things together and they make a great pairing, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of things that pair better with chocolate than port. But there uh, there's a lot of beautiful flavors. And this has been softened because it's a little bit more vintage. Mm. Um, and it's it's I think. <laughs> 
I don't think there's going to be much of this left after this interview. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, what else do you think will be fun about the North Carolina Craft Beverage Museum? Oh, I am. I think um, I'm really just looking forward to uh, the programs that we can do there. Um, so that is originally why I went into the museum field. Uh, I love working with school groups and I love, you know, the working with the people that doesn't happen as much. Cause as you move up in the field, you start having to do administrative work and <laughs> paperwork, paperwork and you're stuck behind a desk, but every yep. once in a while I get to pop out and still program for, you know, 75 fourth graders or whatever. But, um, that's my favorite part. And so I'm really looking forward to when we have a space and we open and, um, I can, put together and work with school kids, even from, you know, second grade all the way up through high school and college. And I know a lot of people think, oh, North Carolina Craft Beverage Museum, what are you going to talk to, you know, fourth graders about beer? And I'm like, no, I, but I am going to talk to them. Um, I can talk about, um, we can talk about prohibition definitely with um, middle school and high school students. And there are plenty of North Carolina essential standards that talk about, um, change through time and how things change. And we're going to be able to do that um, talking about North Carolina's um, social and economic history and cultural history. Um, We can talk about the impact that beverages have had. Um, We can also do STEM programming. Oh, coming from the nerdy science side of the table over here. (laughs) You're talking about carbonation, the physics of carbonation and soda and all of these other beverages. Uh, you, know. you can talk about agriculture. Um, we can talk about all the things that go in behind that you need first to be able to even say make beer. Oh yeah. Um, you can do programs on art and talk about the the marketing that's happening behind. You know, one beer can. I can do a whole program on art and thinking about what what people buy and how they buy it and why they buy it. Um, you know, it's about the beverage, but it's about also, what what does a can look like? People, some you know, decide depending People on what things look like. Drink with their eyes. Mm-hmm. You've bought stuff off the shelf yeah. because the bottle was cool yeah. or the label was pretty. I've, I'm guilty of it. I've bought um, a beer recently because it it had kittens on it, <laughs> <laughs> and the can, just, the can was purple. <laughs> I was given something out of a can very similar to that. And the other one that was brought out had a unicorn. <laughs> I would buy that beer. No, I, th- no that screams you. I know that I screams you. I would buy you. that That's beer. Really um, so, yeah, you know, we could do programs with with kids and, um, you know, talking about art and getting them to think creatively about, you know, the advertising of different beverages or looking at how, you know, the advertisements even for, for cheer wine or Pepsi, how they've changed through time, I think is really interesting. The educational aspects and, and where this museum could go. Um, do you have any sites in mind? Do you have any places where you'd like to be? I know the state is big. <laughs> right. Uh, and I know, you know, we both live around here. Right. I'm excited to have the potential of the museum here. Mm-hmm. How can I help make that happen? <laughs> um, Aside from writing you a giant check because I have no money, yeah, this g- is a podcast. Give Keep me, that in mind. Give me all the money. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, well, I know you and I have talked quite a bit about this. We would love to be able to, I think it needs to be a partnership um, with a local school like AB Tech where, um, you know, you have students working closely with the museum on the programs that we're offering. Ideally, this museum would have a tap room. So we could feature 
beverages as well. So it's one of the few museums you can walk around and, um, you know, carry a beer in it. So often you have to leave your drink outside. Um, <laughs> but as far as space, that goes back to that whole changing table thing. Please yeah, use the changing table, especially if I'm rocking around with a beer. <laughs> maybe don't change your kid's diaper on an exhibit case, but that you can happened? carry your beer with it. Yeah. Oh no, that's definitely happened. Wow. Well, and you can't stop like in the middle of it. I was like, just go ahead and finish that. But let's not do that again. Thanks. Yeah. That's... <laughs> At this point, you've already wow. taken it that far. Um, as far as space, I would say, um, obviously, you know, our board of directors, everybody's in Asheville because it's easier for us to meet regularly. But we do have an advisory board that um, includes individuals spread across the state. And uh, we're keeping our eyes and options open. Um, we are open to really anything. I do have a dream location, but I'm not going to say what it is now. That's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> what, where is that location? <laughs> no, I, no. <laughs> that being said, um, I'm excited to, uh, to be a part of it. Full disclosure, I am on the board. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do, uh, I love the idea. I'd love the CBI to be a part of it. And I think the pairing of education between the history and, you know, the production and what we do here at the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast is such a great pairing uh, that it is kind of a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to see this move forward. I'd love to see the, the museum, you know, because people, believe it or not, Asheville's a tourist town. Um, <laughs> what? People are coming here for this, <laughs> this thing called beverage. And if, look, everyone here has had to entertain their family. Mm-hmm. Everyone here is having people come into town and let's say they've come now twice. Well, they've been to some of the normal haunts. You've seen some of the top 10. Where do you take them now? Well, if we could do some programming on a Saturday on sensory analysis or, you know, the history of cider, uh, not only like in this area, but just across the state, you know, that might be something where you're not killing four hours for your family and you're just getting them out of your hair. It's something that everybody can learn and, you know, have a cocktail and have a really good experience and associate that time, of course, with the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast, as well as the North Carolina Craft Beverage Museum. Mm -hmm. um, anything else that you uh, you want to throw out there in the, uh, the echelon? Yeah, I, I don't, I mean... I'm just excited about it. I, I'm excited about the educational component. I, you know, I think it, we can have educational programs also for people who are in the industry or want to learn more about it. Um, I think we're going to hopefully so much, um, there's so much to offer that we can send people out to the various places, <laughs> the different breweries and yeah, cideries and the wineries. There's so much that it's overwhelming. And so I could see it as a, a starting off point where people come and they get their history. Get information. You know, we, I, you know, maybe we just serve, you know, small tastings and get their taste buds flowing and then say, you know, um, did you like, what did you like? And then they know where they can go from there. You know, I'm going to go try this winery. Or I'm going to go try this brewery or I'm, you know. Go, go east and here are the five places you need to go. Go west. Here are the seven mm -hmm. places you need to hit there. Yeah. Uh, depending on your palate or like, here are all, here's the list of all the stouts in town. Yeah. Uber. Right. Don't drive. <laughs> Everything in moderation, kids. <laughs> And that's uh, almost 20 minutes, believe it or not. Cool. So I'd like to thank Kim once again, Kimberly Floyd, for, uh, to coming in here and talking about the North Carolina Craft Beverage Museum here at the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast. Once again, this is consuming the craft at the CBI. Cheers. <laughs>